1: If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, make sure you join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Simon Severino. Simon is the CEO of Strategy Sprints, Europe's leading remote growth agency. His global team of certified strategy sprint coaches do only one thing. They double the revenue of service-based businesses in 90 days. Simon also teaches growth strategy in select business schools and hosts the Strategy Show podcast. Simon, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, Lori. Hello, everybody. So cool to be here.
1: I'm excited to have you here. Um, So your questions are really interesting and just um, certified strategy sprint coaches. Um, Can you just really tell us a little bit about what that is first off?
0: Sure. So we coach business owners, small business owners, into having more freedom, more impact and more revenue. Our goal is in 90 days of coaching to have them double their revenue or at least significantly move forward to fast track their growth goals, and they are very different. And in this funky year, it's quite a challenge. But we are doing really well, and uh, yeah, sure, happy to share more about that.
1: Well, let's talk a little bit about goals. Um, you like to your your statement is that goals are a bad thing. Why is that?
0: You know, today in my city, Vienna. We just had a terror attack in the middle of the night, out of nowhere. So, first thing is you you check if your family, your next um, important people, et cetera, are safe, then if your friends are safe, et cetera. Whatever goals I had for these months are not helping me at all in this real life situation. But the systems that I have in place they limit how high we are going to fall down so you never raise to really your to your high goals but you always fall as low as your systems are for example your systems can be your morning routine, who picks up the kids, your communication systems, your decision-making systems. So my wife and I, we had to decide how how do we do that? Kids in school, kids not in school, uh, do we do we delete which which meetings do we delete, etc.? So all the goals that we have, they are just for sunny times. And entrepreneurship is is not about sunny times. It's an all-weather sports. So you need systems that help you especially cope with the bad weather. And this year, 2020, has taught us a lot about that. You need systems much more than you need goals. Having said that, I just posted today my goals on LinkedIn publicly. So I like to have goals. But even that, it's a systems of up goals, of telling the public what my goals are, because it will keep me accountable And it will keep me rolling. And it will also create some emerging properties that are super nice. For example, today in the morning, I posted that one of my goals is to hire a video editor. And two hours later, somebody wrote me, hey, I know somebody, can I introduce you? So even the goals... I use them as a system, the system of setting up the goals at the beginning of the month, of communicating them, of delivering them and at the end of reviewing the month and setting up the new ones and again communicating the new ones because it creates more connection and more and a better and a more truthful relationship. But in hard times you need systems more than goals.
1: I love that. Systems are extremely important and they they keep you on track to know what the next step is, especially when things are disrupting all over and around you.
0: Absolutely. And when we talk entrepreneurship, you have, you have, to, you have to really design for disruption and not just for linear growth. There is nothing like that. There are weeks where you, you are in control and then there are weeks where you are absolutely not in control and you have to get back on track. That's that's what systems are there for, because they always work under they are all weather system they work under every condition.
1: So let's look at 2020, which is the year of disruption, obviously. Um, How can businesses survive and thrive throughout this year?
0: This is a this is a special year we've never had a year like this. <laughs> so the the only thing that is, that we all have in common is that nobody knows what's going on. So markets are shifting and uh, of course cash crunch everywhere. Everybody has some form of cash crunch, but also massive opportunities are arising. We have this coaching program for business owners and the, the dozens of people I, I hear about because every Monday there's the coach meeting and they tell me how how the business owners are doing. So I am, I am out of fulfillment. I am the CEO now and I don't, I don't do the coachings myself, but every Monday I coach the coaches. So they, we go through every single business owner in our programs and check the main three numbers, the revenue, the customer satisfaction score, and the keeping rate, retainment rate. So every Monday, I see these numbers and I see the challenges and I see the problems and I see the solutions. And uh, there, is, there is a way to grow even now, but it means reshifting. It means you cannot just go on as if nothing happened. You have to embrace the current reality around you. You really think from the customer, how is their world right now? changing and what do they need now and you really need to change your website accordingly, your offer accordingly, your emails accordingly to pick them up at their bus stop right now because everything else is just not relevant to them. So if, if you can refine your offer in a way that speaks to their current needs then there is a chance for growth, and there are enormous opportunities if you can do it in a digitized way. So two weeks ago, one of my joint ventures that we have right now is with Google. So Strategy Sprints and Google had a press conference together in Zurich. And Google showed some number. It was about small businesses and how can we help small businesses grow. And Google showed some numbers. One of them was impressing they showed that 99% of small businesses' customers, their sales journey starts online. Every customer journey, so 99% of every small business customer journey starts online. That means restaurants. Uh, Whatever you sell, you know, flowers. You say, hey, go to that restaurant. But then the first thing that your friends do is they they check for reviews. So everybody now is an online business, if they want it or not. This is something to embrace.
1: Oh, I agree with that hundred percent. I mean, the numbers simply skyrocketed as far as this general search activity went, and um, I, I can see you know, we've got a little spike in our business because people are realizing their website is out of date and they're missing out on opportunities because. Every, Everyone is online
0: right now. Absolutely. And so there there is one thing, maybe I can share this with your audience because there is one thing, I I love it and it's simple and you can do it and it will boost your website. (laughs) So if you go right now on your own website and check these five things, and then after you hear this, you just implement this, it takes half an hour, your website will be much more relevant. First thing, you go onto your website and you check who is the hero. So who is it for? Are you really clearly describing who this is for? Do I see it? The picture, the first hero section, it's called hero section for a reason. The first picture that I see, is that about your client and in in the way that you can... Impact them. So, do I see? Okay, this is for me. This is where you can bring me. Check that. And if in the first five seconds you don't see this, then implement this. Who is it for? And where can you bring them? This. The next thing is: what do you help them avoid? Because eighty percent of the people they prefer not to lose one hundred dollars than to win one hundred dollars. So if you can clearly state what you help them avoid, for example, I help you grow your business without spending in ads, 8% of the people, they resonate more with the without spending part, and 20% resonate with the growing part. So is it clear what you help them avoid? And then the rest is just details. Now what's the plan? How can I start working with you? What's my next clear action? That's the call to action button. Do I know what to do now? And repeat that button three, four times. And then what's the plan? Do you have a plan? Can I trust you? Do you have a plan? And can I trust you? Just put in there three testimonials. Three that's enough, then I know if I can trust you. If you put 17 testimonials or 25, then you are doing a hero reversal. Now you are the hero, not them. And when a hero sees a hero, they say, oh yeah, nice to see you, but I don't have time. I have to rescue a princess. Bye bye, see you later. <laughs> and you, <laughs> you have five seconds. Uh, you have five seconds to make really clear who is this for, where can you bring them? What do you help them avoid? What's the next call to action? Why should they trust you? And five seconds. So that's my, that's my tip for your audience. Just do this, and uh, you you massively improve the relevance of your message.
1: Yeah, I think those are great tips. It's definitely very similar to um, but what we refer to as the billboard test, um, basically. Because you have seven seconds to capture someone's attention or they're leaving. Um, and, I, and I think that's great. Yeah, the hero should 100% always be about the client and putting letting the client visualize themselves right there and make them feel like they're in the right spot. And I, I would say Absolutely. that's probably one of the yeah. biggest mistake, mistakes that I see people making is it's all about them
0: absolutely look at me
1: look at how awesome i am mentality (laughs) it's not the right place yeah that's the hero
0: reversal a hero is not interested in another hero correct they have a mission to complete (laughs) and if you can help them complete that mission then now you are connected now you are in a relation this podcast is about relationships now you are in a relation with them otherwise you are just you are just talking to them but you are not really related
1: yeah, totally. So is growth possible in quarter four here?
0: Oh, yes. So we have right now uh, a, a number of clients that were struggling, of course, when they started and some that were, are starting right now. And these are challenging times. But what I see every week is there is, there is a blueprint for growth. And for example, when they start with our coaching, ten minutes later they get into the program, and then in the first week we define three numbers with them. What are the three numbers that will tell us eighty percent of the story you need to know? And usually, is are the happy are the clients happy? Are we are we are the markets resonating? And are we are we uh, losing uh, a very small amount of reselling potentials? So. First week, define the three numbers that will tell you this and now set up the system that will measure these three numbers every seven days. In the second week, we free up the business owner from the weeds because small businesses have the problem that the CEO, the executive team is doing too many activities. So they need to get out of the weed and start working on the system. But to work on the system, you need time. So we free up 10 to 14 hours of their time per week in week two. And then we go from week three on, we do this brand sprint, which is this exercise that I told you, making the message simple, relevant, and repeatable. And then we go to the equalizer, how they can become incomparable so that the pricing problem is not the problem anymore. After being incomparable, after doing the equalizer, which takes two days, after that, they can double the price because now they are not comparable. And then we go to the sales system, setting it up in a way that is repeatable and reliable. And then we bring it all together in the CRM system, where they know right now with every person they speak to in which relationship stage they are with them, and what's the next thing to move them from one stage to the next stage in their relationship sequence, which can be attract, nurture, prepare for closing, close, fulfill, retain, for example. And you have to know exactly when you're speaking with somebody, where are they? Are they mildly engaged, highly engaged? Uh, or are they, are they ready to buy? That's the CRM system. And, um, and at the very end, in the last week, we do then the marketing system, which marketing numbers to really, really matter. And what are the three that you will track every seven days? Because most people do too much marketing.
1: Hmm. Interesting. I love how you are practicing what you're preaching here and, and communicating that you have a plan and that you have yes. a very clearly yeah. defined plan on how you help businesses. Um, I want to go a little deeper on the statement that most people are doing too much marketing. Can you elaborate on that a little bit?
0: Oh, yeah. So business owners really struggle, especially if they have also kids. If they, if they have a funky year, like this year, 2020, and then you are doing everything. like You are the fulfillment team, you are the legal team, you are the IT team, and now you also should do LinkedIn and, and Instagram and TikTok and what have you. So it's too many activities and usually they don't build up on each other. So what I really recommend to do is to stop doing marketing. Usually when somebody starts working with us we stop all marketing activities especially the marketing spending because it's leading to nowhere if you don't do the 11 steps that I was telling before you don't have a well-oiled machine that can convert attention into clients mm-hmm. and so 99% of the businesses they don't they didn't build the whole machine and so when you spend $1 on marketing, they, they basically waste it. If you do these 11 things, now you have a well-oiled machine. Now you spend $1, you can do $1.2 or $1.5 on that dollar. But first, you have to build the machine. Sure. And most people don't have the machine, but they do post on LinkedIn, on Instagram, etc. You are wasting time. If you enjoy it, okay, then do it. But do not expect any business impact. That's basically your hobby.
1: Yeah.
0: And don't write a book because a book is a ton of work. It's six months of work, it's 12 (laughs) months of work. But everybody thinks they need to write a book. For what? For what, really? I am Um, writing my first book right now, but after 17 years of building a business.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you say that as I'm eager to write my book.
0: <laughs> and I, Do it, yeah.
1: Um, well, I, I definitely <laughs> want to. Um, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of uh, brand authority that comes with that, and, and but it really depends on how how the book was written. But it's really interesting what you're talking about because you know when I think of sales and marketing, it's kind of I feel like a, a chicken or the egg scenario. You know, which came first. Um, yeah, let's go there.
0: Brand authority is a wonderful thing, but what do you do with brand authority?
1: Yeah, exactly. You need you need a place, you need the clothes. Exactly. That, and that you, need, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you need the system that translates that brand authority into clients. Let me tell you an example. I was on a Ted Talk and I thought, "Oh my god, this this is amazing. That will drive a lot of traffic, right? Being on a Ted Talk that mm-hmm. should be sure. kind of a traffic driver." Guess what? Zero traffic. Of course, many people watched it and 80 people liked it in the first hour. (laughs) But what do I do with their likes? Now, this TED team um, (laughs) didn't put in the show notes as we would do when we create our show notes in our YouTube show. Sure. We create the show notes in a way that they drive they drive email subscribers into our system and these email subscribers they get nurtured over 14 days and then of course they land in my calendar and they want to work with us Mm -hmm. but what they did is they just said hey this is simon this is his topic and that's it so nothing happened so you can have a great brand you can have a great visibility you can be on youtube and have 12 million views but nothing happens if you don't have the right system in place.
1: Correct. Yep. Yep. You definitely are speaking my language. Um, I, I only argued a little bit because I own a marketing agency. So, <laughs> of course, I'm going to challenge that. I am,
0: yes. Um, yeah. Le, le, yeah. Let's do it controversial. No, but, so but marketing I, I agree. is wonderful.
1: I agree 100% you can, that you need. Yeah. You need to sell, and this is a challenge that I have faced. You know, we'll, we'll drive the traffic, but you know, at the end of the day, the client's like, "Well, what is my return on investment when they're not closing the deals?" So exactly. um, there is a disconnect there, and it can be extremely mm. challenging to measure ROI when the sales team is not part of the marketing conversation.
0: Yes. And also the fulfillment team. Correct, Because both teams, marketing team and sales team, get their information from what's going on in your core fulfillment, in your core operations.
1: Correct, yes. And
0: many times they are separated.
1: Good conversations here. (laughs) All right, let's talk a little bit about networking. Can you share with our listeners one of your favorite networking experiences that you've had?
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So... I think I mentioned the Google one. So what happened is, especially this year, which was so funky, and I was kind of reinventing how we network and how we cooperate. And I made a list of the 100 firms I want to work with. And I started proactively sharing my journey with them and our journey and where we want to go and asking, hey, what are you trying to bring into this world and what do you want to solve next? And we started some really nice conversations. And one of them became a joint venture. And the joint venture was Google asking us to be the execution engine for their with Google program in Europe. And so what we did is that we asked them, what does your audience really need in this year, small businesses, in order to survive and thrive in this funky year? And so you know that Google has data because they take that really seriously. So I gave them 15 topics and asked them to check that with their data. What is really relevant? What do people really need? And around these topics, we created a series of webinars. So, okay, people, uh, we know that you need this. Now, this is free webinar number one, free webinar number two, free webinar number three. We were just giving, 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 giving. And this created a wonderful win-win-win situations for the small businesses, for Google and for my company, because we had real needs, and basically free value around that, and that created wonderful conversations. So this is my favorite networking uh, way, is talk to people about what are you going to solve next, tell them what you are struggling with, what, do you, what you want to solve, and what you have found out that works, and share this. And this is how collaboration possibilities can emerge, even in, in, in relations where you didn't think that that could be possible. But it can, because everybody is trying to solve some problems. And maybe you're, the problems that you are solving are to theirs, and then collaborate. And collaboration is a great way to do it. So my, my way of networking is really just collaborating. I also run a podcast where I, I meet new people, so i I increase also the number of people I can collaborate with, but then the way I do it is really just, hey let's talk what what are you bringing into this world? what are we bringing into this world? how can we uh, how can we find synergies?
1: I think that's great, Simon. I love that question of what challenge are you hoping to solve next? I think that's a fantastic question to really open up an engaging dialogue with someone as well. So how do you stay in front of and best nurture your network or in your community?
0: So what I do is every day I try to share the journey. I do not just share the solutions, let's say, once a month when they are polished. But really, every day I share the journey. Like right now, I'm speaking on a podcast of somebody. Then later I will be I will have somebody on my podcast and I will do the same thing. I will ask them, hey, what are you doing? And this will be directly live in our Facebook community, which is called Entrepreneurship in Sprints. So our own exploration is always public. We try to work in public. So whatever we are trying to find out, to solve, to make better, uh, to digest, to understand, whatever... That's our our exploratory path of today. I try to make that as public as possible. And that's the nurturing piece. Mm -hmm. At the end of the week, we put that all together. So at the end of the week, we have produced uh, five podcasts, three interviews, two templates, maybe three video guides. And so at the end, we just collect it and send it to the people who have asked us via subscribing that they want to have that. And it goes every Friday, it goes to everybody.
1: Cool.
0: That's how we nurture.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. It's really good. Simon, what advice would you offer that business professional who's really looking to grow their network?
0: I think it's just about true conversations, deep, real conversations what's not working, what's working. And I really prefer the one-to-ones. I, I am actually, I don't know if I'm, if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm actually I liking the lockdowns. We, my city right now, Vienna is in the second lockdown starting today. And I actually like the lockdown because, <laughs> because now I can finally say, no, I'm not coming to your networking event. So I always hated networking events. I I was I was as a speaker I was on many conferences but I would really get there and go away as quickly as possible because I hate wasting time. And for me every form of networking event in the traditional way is time wasted. Because I just want to have one conversation with one person. And and I prefer to have three really deep real conversations per day than to meet Twenty-five people. Sure.
1: Yeah. So I would I stay agree.
0: home. It's yeah, been interesting. And I I, do Zooms.
1: <laughs> I I can appreciate that. One of the things I found is, you know, doing a lot of the local networking events, you're driving constantly. You know, your half your time is commuting from one event to the next or one meeting to the next, where now you can be way more productive because there's nowhere to go <laughs> except the next Absolutely. Zoom call. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes, and I was always telling, yeah, I'm not coming to your city. And they were like, oh, why not? (laughs) But now, if you say that, I'm not coming. Everybody, yeah, yeah, I get it. Let's make it a Zoom. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's what I love about the lockdown.
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be more well-received to do virtual events going forward than it ever has been, even when things do open up again.
0: I hope so. I hope we do not forget
1: I don't think you and I are the only ones that appreciate that there is the opportunity to not meet in person. Granted, I I do miss the in-person activities, but I do feel a sense of higher level of productivity by not commuting everywhere, like I said.
0: Absolutely. But also in terms of the possibility to connect. Mm -hmm. Like this, this week, I have five people on my podcast this week and they would Never have had the time to be on any podcast because they would be in planes all the time. But now they have time and they have also the willingness to spend this time in one deep conversation. And also on the other side, my masterminds, they are full of people from Australia to San Diego. We have people in our masterminds, and that would have never been possible because if you have to fly somewhere, you think twice. But if it's just a 60 minute Zoom once a month, People love it. And the rest is a Slack group. They love now being in masterminds.
1: Oh, I've, I've loved being in masterminds since the first time I ever sat one <laughs> in-person or on Zoom.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. I really like that. And, and that's now technically really wonderful. You just need to have hosts who know how to moderate and how to yes. design the space. And then let let a lot happen.
1: Yep. Yes, I think that is a very powerful statement. That you need someone facilitating in a way that keeps the energy alive and um, controls the conversation to the de- degree that someone doesn't overpower it. All right, Simon, I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What is something that you'd like to ask me?
0: Oh yeah. What's your challenge, 2020?
1: Oh, you know, I should have known that you were going to turn around and ask me that question. (laughs) Oh, you know, it's funny. The conversation we were having earlier about really um, the sales versus marketing. um, I'm really trying to focus on our sales process and put it. um, That's what I'm working on right now for ourselves but also set it up so that I can teach it to others. I mean, that's one of the things that I love to do is share what I know with the world. Um, so I try to solve the problem and then uh, share the solution with as many people as I can to help them.
0: I love it. And sometimes the best teachers are not the ones who are the best at it since 35 years, but the one who just have learned it because they have fresh memory and also they are eager to to share it.
1: Totally. I love that. Um, yeah, I love sharing whatever. That's why we've got the podcast and we do webinars and all the marketing things you say that we're probably doing too much of, but... <laughs> <laughs> now, now it's we, only we gotta... too much
0: if it doesn't convert <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is true this is true <laughs> no no we've got the opportunities knocking um i just want to create more more of a solidified process that's really what we're focusing on good question thank you um simon do you have any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network
0: we have put together something because nowadays everybody needs to make this queue for a winning one. And so we have put together a 15- minutes exercise if you want, that you can go through, and you will analyze your current sales funnel and find two points to improve during that 15 minutes. So if you want to improve your sales funnel, go to strategysprints.com/sales. And that 15 minutes might help you get along with this funky Q4.
1: (laughs) That's great. We'll definitely include that in our show notes. Um, Any other way that if someone was interested in getting in contact with you that they can reach out to you?
0: We have fun in our Facebook group. It's called Entrepreneurship in Sprints. So pass by, say hello. We are having fun and we are trying to navigate this whole year together.
1: Sounds good. We'll include all that information in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Simon.
0: Thank you, Lori. Thank you, everybody. Keep rolling. (laughs)
1: <laughs> this was a great episode. Thank you so much to Simon for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, join our Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com and search for Social Capital Network. If you need me, send an email at, to laurie at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast.